Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, with Raider Nick. Not this rubbish, with Flakey Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast coming to you on the internet from the filthiest store and buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No. And it's brought to you with the dubious support of the Greenhouse in that they're dubious in supporting us, but they are the Raiders' number one fan forum on the internet. Uh, you should get on board and get engaged and get interacting with other like-minded Raiders fans because that's where you'll find them. Um, we're also brought to you with the Cash Money sponsorship of Land Speed Records. Come in and get your CDs, your vinyl, your posters, your T-shirts, your fashion accessories, turntables. I mean, there is a myriad of things from people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And if you're listening to this podcast, it means you love the Canberra Raiders. That, or you're a very, very strange individual. Could be either, couldn't it, Blake? There's a lot of weirdos out there, man. There is, there is. There is a lot of weirdos out there. A um, lot of stuff to discuss this week. A lot of stuff to discuss. I mean, yes. we're in the finals. The finals are upon us. What's supposed to be an easy game, but, well, you know... It's there are no, match. there are no easy games. No, there are no easy games. This is this is when a when, match. when everyone tips the Raiders, I get nervous. Oh, so nervous. I mean, and who amongst us people is not looking beyond this week already? I'm not. I am. I am. <laughs> I can't help it. I already am. And I mean, that's that's why it's such a danger game because everyone is. You think that coaches will say to every every team, "Don't be complacent. Mm. You know, don't look too far ahead. Mm. Take one game at a time." Yeah. They always say that, and then after result, teams will come out and say, well, you know, we were looking ahead, and we, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's we'll danger, see. Will Robinson, danger. We'll see. We've, we've had a lot of battles with the Sharks, and we have. We, we know last week counts for nothing. As, as exciting nothing at all. As exciting as last week was. It was. Um, and they have they had a few players out. We had a lot they of did. players out. But yeah, as Ricky said, there's no point even reviewing that. It's We start all over again, and, and look, the Sharks will be coming down to Canberra, and uh, they'll be coming out to spoilers. Oh, they will. I think they'll really try and um, make it, drag it down to a dirty, mm. dirty game. Oh, and they can do that. They're good at that. Yeah, the th- the things the things that they'll be, you know, trying to do is um, is get up in our faces, hold us down. The ten meters will be something I'll be interested to see how it'll be enforced because mm. that's, mm. I mean, that those are the sort of spoiling tactics. Think back of the um, semi final. Yeah. We played against them we in 2016, did. and and those were all the tactics that they employed, and they, they succeeded. Worked. Oh, they worked very, very yeah. well, and there's no question about that. No, they're coming here to play, and you know whoever wins this, I doubt it's going to be beyond the 12 point margin. I very much doubt it's going to be on. I'd love it if, um, like 2012, you know, it's close, maybe for the first half, and then the second half we blow them away. Yeah, I just want to win. You know, it's not about two points anymore. It's advancing to the next round. But that's what I'm looking at. We're looking for the W here. We're looking for the W. And that's it. And and getting through this match and actually focusing on it and getting through and a tradesman-like performance. And that's what I want. I want them to do their damn jobs. And if Pe- they do it, we should win. People are saying that if the Sharks win, it'll be the biggest semi-final upset in history. Well, I don't know if it'll be the biggest semi-final upset in history, but it'll probably be the biggest semi-final upset since um, the Warriors Warriors over Melbourne. <laughs> in Melbourne. Eighth to first. What year was that? 2008. 
Yeah, that's... And they, and they knocked us out. We thought we had a second chance. Do you know, someone pointed out during the week that every four years we've played, since 2008, every four years we've played the Sharks in the first week of the finals. Is that right? 2008, 2012, 2016, and now 2020. That's amazing. Interesting stat. And have we won any I think of those? We're split, Two, I think we split. That's it. The only one. We lost in 2008. Well, we're going to win this Shark one. Park. We won I went in 2012. To, we lost in 2016. So, yeah. yeah I famously win? went to that game in Shark Park. And uh, yeah, it was. I was there as well. I was yeah. commentating that day. Well, there you go. I was. I was on the hill, and um, loud. Some some friends of mine made a sign, and it, it said um, Alan Tung sexiest. Oh, no, it was Alan Tung Dalliam captain of the year. Alan Tung Dalliam lock of the year because he just the Dalliams have oh, yeah, been yeah. during the week. He won those two, and the third one was Alan Tung sexiest man in league. Tick. At the end of the game, the Sharks fans that were near us um, actually burnt that sign, as we were running for our lives. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it was pretty hairy. But they flogged us. I remember Adrian Pertel put down that ball early, and if we'd scored that, we might have been a chance. But after that, it was just a procession. Yeah. I recall that. And that particular day, Buzz Rothfield gave me a really nasty... He didn't say anything. He just looked me up and down with his drunken, bulbous red nose and looked at me like I was complete scum. And I looked back at him like, geez, you're drunk and the game hasn't even started yet. Yeah. He was. He was drunk in the game and even started. But yeah, this this is a big risk. Here is an interesting stat for you, though. If we do beat the start, the Sharks, it'll be only the third time in the whole history of the Raiders versus the Sharks, going back to 1982, that the Raiders have beaten them four in a row. Yeah, right. It'll only be the third time. And the first time was from 83. That was in the first bit, the Ron Kiddo run. The second time was back in the 90-91 era, where you can completely understand that would happen. And other than that, the other runs, you know, there's been um, two other runs of threes. And apart from that, neither side has, you know, done anything more than, you know, two against each other. So that's another element saying it's a risk, you know. It's just not going there. But look, let's look at the Baby Raiders playing the Sharks. Uh, Tom Starling. How good is he? And uh, we didn't we didn't mention it last week on the show, and it had been announced but hadn't been official. Mm. Has re-signed for two more years, which is absolutely massive. Because, really? that- I mean... He's really stood up, and there would be plenty of other sides mm. that would have wanted his services, but he's wanted to stick around. So, well, his playing around the ruck, uh, you know, at a pinch. I know we we default now to Elliot Whitehead as our halfback, but he could go into like the way he's moving around. It's a yeah. playmaker I'm watching, so I'm very happy with his form. Um, a big shout out, of course, to Sammy, Captain Sammy Williams. First time the uh, Kuma Crooner, the Kuma Crooner scores a try, captains the match to you know the side to a win. Um, great story, played a great match too. Very happy with him. Obviously, the return of Cia Soliola, very successful. Great. That was just great. wonderful to see. But the kids in general, how good were they? Yeah, a couple stood out probably more than others. Um, Adam Young. Didn't do a lot at fullback. He was a bit quiet. Adam Cook. Adam Cook. Adam Cook didn't... Young Adam Cook. Young Adam Cook. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what you meant. That's Young Adam meant. Cook didn't do a lot at fullback. Uh, Tomoko looked great. Yes. And Harley Smith-Shields looked very good as well. He was the one that I... And Kai O'Donnell as well. Um, I thought Harley Smith-Shields and Kai O'Donnell for me were the two that I went... Harley Smith-Shields... I think Tomoko might be faster. And it was really nice to see Tomoko in the centres because um, you could see what he was about. The absolute application of Harley Smith Shields in attack and defence, like the absolute, I'm up for this, at all, the intensity of the young man. Yeah. Quite, I don't think he's quite as fast as Matt Tomoko, but gee, he's up for the contest. I'm very impressed with him. Remind, reminds me of a young David Boyle. Oh, come on. He's not that ugly. Oh. 
Who said David Boyle was ugly? I loved it. And his dog Boof in the back of his ute. David Boyle, do you remember the time when David Boyle held Jason Rob, uh, Jason Williams up in the in goal at Belmore when Williams had gone over for a gimme try? I remember remember thinking if there was anyone I didn't want to meet in the uh, in the back alley outside the private bin on a Saturday night, it was probably David Boyle. Oh, I was pretty impressed with him. He was a big, big fan of that young, young man. He was a good player. People forget about him, but I haven't. Not, and we here at Blake and the Pork have not forgotten about him. We, but, forget, we don't forget about anyone. No, generally not. Um, but and then there was 15 minutes of being in the top four, and who would be a West Tigers fan? Yes. Ricky is a genius because before this game, I said that, you know, we would really he was taking a bit of a gamble and he would be judged one way or another. But, like, not only did he know that the young kids would be able to do the job at the Sharks, he also knew that um, the Tigers are so inept that they had no chance of beating Parramatta. Mm. And it wasn't worth risking yeah. the star players. So he, he was right on every count. And as a result, he's rested nine players. You know, yeah. so they've had a week. And, you know, in order to achieve glory this year, we have to win four in a row. And that might have actually helped that happen. Now, um, you know, there was some bad stuff that came out of here. And, and you might actually say it upset me and it ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Do you know what ground my gears? It wasn't just that Ryan Sutton, our Ryan Sutton, Rhino, got injured. It was the manner in which he got injured. Did you see how that happened? So he's getting off the tackle player and Fafita moves forward, puts out his arm, gets Sutton's knee in between it and then slightly rolls over on it. Is, now, this, is this the new, is this the variation on the hip drop? Is this the elbow drop? I don't know. Is this know, a new thing to look out for? I, I can't say for sure that he meant to do it, but gee, it looked like it. It looked like he, it was he was going out to injure. And he certainly did. And here's the he's, thing. He's the thing about Fafita these days is he's lost his spark. But he's still just sort of this this mass that sort of falls around the field on top of people. I you can't prove it. it's one of those things you can't prove intent in something, but you know it's him. So I, it grinds my gears that I'm even thinking that it's possible he could do that because most players you see and say no, no one would do that. But it grinds. Adam my Blair g- would. Oh, no, Adam Blair's just been <laughs> sanctified because he's um, he's retired. He's retired. No, so he's still that Adam, wipes the slate clean. Adam Adam Blair, I, I still think if I I don't hate Fafita in the same way that Queenslanders hate him. Or look, you know, he's a bit of a, he's someone that you would love to hate. Mm. But he's had you know he's been a terrific player and he's he he's, has. Brought, he's, he's brought a lot to the game. Um, both I guess at times good and bad. Yeah, Adam Blair, there's no has no redeeming features. Oh, I thought the battle of Brookvale was pretty good. No, I was happy to... I was going for the other teammate. Um, he was one of the biggest grubs to ever lace on a boot. Yeah, never been a great big fan either. And and what's more, uh, people have paid a lot of money for him on, at times and got bugger all oh, the time for him. Yeah, the Tigers. But I thought the Warriors mostly wasted their money on him too. They did. I, I, yeah, the only team that really got anything out of him was the Storm. Yeah. And, and they put a post stamp on it. But I just want a heads up to, to Ryan Sutton. Dude... Last season, you got left out of the squad running into the finals. You'd worked hard. You got left out of the squad. You turned up every single match. Stood on that bench. Other players who were in the same position did not, but you did every single match. You turned up. You're encouraging your players. You always had a smile. You're always doing the right thing. You're always positive. And this season, you got your chance, and you made every post a winner. You've taken yourself from being a back rower into a guy who does big front row minutes and was making an impact. And... While there was an error or two in Ryan Sutton, he was trying every single step. No, I think he had a fantastic season. Really fantastic. And for him to go down injured at this particular point in that manner is just bloody dreadful. Because it's heartbreaking. It really is. And, and he needs to know 
that everyone's seen it. Everyone knows how good he was. Everyone knows how well he's done. And it's just really sad to think that he's not going to be there for a finals push. The only good news um, was there was an MCL, not an ACL. And uh, I read somewhere saying he still hasn't given up hope. Who knows if we're still playing in four weeks' time? Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe he'll be back. They said but, two to four weeks was what I'd heard. But um, like we're trying to say, the Raiders now you can't be looking beyond this week, boys. Yeah, you just can't. You just can't. But otherwise. the good news is, anyway, um, he'll be right to go. He'll be he'll be right for the, to have a proper preseason, and he'll be right to go again in round one. So yeah, well, he's still got he's still got plenty of of good games ahead of him for the Raiders because he's I, still only he's twenty five or twenty six. I think and, still only young, and he's worthwhile of sticking in the club. Been yeah. very impressed with him as a human, like really impressed with him. As Ricky a human. gave him the uh, the Coach of the Year award, which you know is 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 a big accolade, and yeah. uh, teared up a bit too when he was. He really came team. through, Rhino, this year. He really yeah. did. I've really the, the the lad from Wigan really impressed with him. Ups to you. Um, now this week going on, we have a special correspondent um, going on behalf of Blake and the Pork to the uh, the Sharks versus Raiders semi final, um, and that is our first ever two time listener of the week in Wanda. Wanda is going along representing Blake and the Pork. Uh, she'll be sitting in the Gregan Larkham stand and she'll be reporting back to us on, you know, how she found that experience um, and making sure that she represents for Blake and the Pork up there because she's our first ever two-time listener of the week. On you, Wanda, and you make sure you enjoy that time at the Sharks on Blake and the Pork. The only she's, podcast with a heart. She's going to have to change her uh, her Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two only, time. The two only two-time uh, Raiders uh, yeah. review with Blake and the Pork listener of the week. So good on you, Wanda. Um, Meninga medal. No huge surprise there. Uh, Josh Papali. Is that... So how many has he got now? Is that his... Four. And I think... Does that... Laurie Daly's got six. Is he, is he, are you sure he's got six? Yeah. Laurie Daly got six. We might need to fact check that one. No, I'm pretty confident. I thought it was maybe five. No, it's six. I'm pretty confident six. And um, and he's got four. I, I suggest that Papa might tag that. I can't see any chance that he's not going to get to six. Um, something would massively have to change. Someone else has to come out of the ranks to, to you know, yeah. shadow him. Look, and Jack maybe is. Maybe this is the tie where Jack comes up, you know. and He's, goes got, a, he's got a fair bit. Fair bit of ground to make up. He does, he does, and uh, I was look. I was really wasn't surprised. Really happy with the choices. Obviously, yep. Elliot Whitehead's you know a bit of a sentimental favourite for us on he this is, show. But, but, yep. So the Meninga medals, Papa and Jack White. Now the Greenhouse Player of the Year ended up in a four-way tie for the the, the fans' choice, and that was Papa, Jack, Elliot Whitehead, and George Williams. Finished up on fifteen points each through the 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 Greenhouse Fan Forum. Um, so they all got it. First time there's been a four-way. There's been a two-way tie, but there's never been a four-way before. So, um, and GE is very sad because um, uh, GE loves a four-way. <laughs> you do, don't you, GE? You love, you love a four. Uh, anyway. um, but he was sad because uh, he got the numbers right and left uh, wrong and left Georgie out. They, everyone has an error in them, GE, and you know. It says here three-way tie. It was a three-way tie, but it's actually a four-way tie. Georgie was in there as well. They had to go and revise that because oh, recount. The, the, when some postal recount, votes came there in. There were some postal <laughs> votes, and it turned out that Georgie Williams um, also they, they, got in there. I found some in the back of a dumpster at the back of the filthy story. Yeah, that's they, right. They, they yeah. all said George Williams. George Williams, that's right. And that's right. So you were the guy who you're right. um, But that was there. So it is time, noting that those two, the you know, the Raiders have done it and the Greenhouse Fan Forum has done it, it is time for Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork to reveal our Player of the Year. Blake. For 2020. For 2020.
And it goes to Elliot Whitehead. Elliot Whitehead was the unanimous uh, choice. We of, both agreed. We both agreed <laughs> that Elliot Whitehead was the Raiders review with Blake and the We ball. discussed it about 10 minutes ago. We both agreed that Elliot Whitehead should win it. And we both thought it was clear. Look, we love you, Papa. You have been absolutely fantastic this year. Jack, you, you're coming up. Um, Georgie Williams, absolutely. I've been a huge fan. You've come to the club and you have done wonderful things. Special mention out there to Joe Tarpanay. I was going to say, yeah, honourable mention. And CNK, who has never stopped trying, gives 100% every single time. And Captain Jerry Croker, for his goal kicking this season, has been outstanding. And the Filthy Storium Encouragement Award, Dinamis Louie. Dinamis Louie, absolutely Encouragement Award for, for becoming no longer a bench player, becoming a starting well, player. Well, someone, as was pointed out by someone, I know, in a press conference earlier in the year, um, was at the start of the year, couldn't even make it on the extended bench at one point. Yeah, that's right. And, and he was dropped off. Yeah, know, he was dropped off, and then he's come back and he's like smashed it. But Elliot lives and breathes the club. He, you know, people talk about bleeding green. Elliot bleeds, bleeds green. He is the guy who, you know, in cricket terms, you always said if you wanted someone batting for your life, it would be Steve Waugh because it might be ugly, but he ain't going to give it away. Yeah. Elliot, it might be ugly sometimes, but he might he might he might have to throw up on the sideline. He's side gonna line. vomit. Um, you know, his head's a bit rough. Apparently, he is pretty smelly. It's not just a nickname. The beard, the beard's getting pretty wild, Molly. All manner of things. But here's the thing about Elliot. Um, he may look like a homeless bum, but he's our homeless bum. He's our home. We fucking love you. Pardon the French, but um, unbelievable. We. Yeah, I, I, there's not enough superlatives. What is what is what what prestigious prize goes with this award? Ah, uh, well, this week, as you know, with the Blake and the Pork uh, Player of the Week, um, gets a ten dollar voucher at Landspeed Records, and they're there for you, people. It's an armor slew. You've got a couple, Jack White, and you got a couple, Papa. You got a couple, George Williams. You got one or two. I think Rapper's got one. Uh, I don't think he does, but you keep on saying he does. I'm I don't think he sure does. CNK's got one. If CNK had to get one again, it was the game against Parramatta. He definitely got one for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was good, wasn't he? That was very, very good. So the prestigious award for Elliot. Um, that's a very good question. Well, I think it's a slab of his choice. There you go. Slab of your choice, Elliot. You get in contact with uh, either Blake or myself and tell us the, the flavour of the slab of your choice and uh, we'll make sure it's delivered to you. Nice one. Uh, for, because you've just been win, lose or draw going on this season... Um, unbelievable. I just don't have superlatives. I wonder enough. what he drinks. Hopefully, it's not cider like John Bateman. Oh, Johnny can drink anything he wants. <laughs> he brings the X back this weekend. Did you hear? Did you hear? Uh, James Graham when he went back to the UK, he said, "You know, I arrived here a lager man, and I've I've left drinking craft beer. I don't know what's happened to me." Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Sad, but you know, who amongst us isn't drinking craft beer? That's <laughs> twenty twenty. Yeah, it is. It's twenty twenty. We're all drinking beer. That you know. Oh, anyway. Um, you know, I feel like when you're saying your standard beer in your fridge and people are saying you've got anything fancier than that and you're drinking Peronis, it's like, dude, this once upon a time was a fancy beer. You know, now it's yeah. a stock standard. You drink those slab. beers now and it's just like they just, just go down so easily. They do. It's, uh, they're, they're, they're drinking beers, you know, you've got your different time of day beers like, you know, the Corona, like the ones I got in the case I won from uh, Mark Gottlieb because I was right and he was wrong. I know you're listening out there, Mark. Um, the Corona's a nice day drinking beer, but when you get it's got to be about thirty eight degrees. Yeah, before but I would drink a Corona. When you get, it's got to be like Mexican. Coronas are great, and on the beach they're a fantastic thing. But you know, you go deeper into the night, you need something a bit thicker and heavier, don't you? Yeah, it's all good. Okay, so now we come up to everyone's favourite segment: Ass Clown of the Week. <laughs> Blake, who's your Ass Clown of the Week this week? Well, 
it's been said on this this show. I've said I'm I'm not afraid to you know go after some oh, sacred no. clowns, um, uh, sacred cows or clowns. I'm not afraid to offend people. I'll call it as I said. I'll pull no punches. Um, last week I announced that Alan Tung was the ass clown of the week. Now your ass clown of the week, not I, mine. I don't know if I don't know if you heard it. He has said previously that he doesn't actually listen to podcasts, mm. so I may have gotten away with it. Did you? Did you mention anything to him? Did you send him a message? Why or? would I deliberately <laughs> try and upset the great man? Why would I do that? Anyway, so my ass clown of the week this week is in fact myself. Right. Because I doubted the great man, Ricky Stewart. Uh, I said that he would be the ass clown of the week if we lost to the Sharks and then in turn, West Tigers beat Parramatta. Well, neither of those things happened. Mm. So, you know, I have to admit, I was wrong. The great man was right. So I'm calling it, I'm the ass clown of the week. Takes a big man to do that. Hi, Alan Sung here, former Canberra Raiders captain. And you know what? I don't really listen to podcasts, but if I did, I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Right, and now have you got a Blake on the burst for me this week? No, there isn't. There's no Blake on the really? burst. Really? No, well, I, I have I've re- just got reasons to be cheerful. I have reasons to be cheerful. Well, I've got reasons to be cheerful too. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. One, two, three. And what are your reasons to be cheerful? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, we've got a home final. Yep. We're well rested. We are. And look, the Panthers and Roosters are going to beat each other up and we get to play the the loser of that game. Yeah, assuming we get through this week, yes. That's true. Anything else? <laughs> Oldfield's on the extended bench. He is. Oldfield <laughs> seems to be back, seems to be giving the all clear. So those are great reasons to be cheerful. And strangely enough, they're exactly my reasons to be cheerful, Blake. I don't know how you managed to uh, to get those things, but they're all they're all good reasons. To That's be what cheerful. happens when you give me give me your notes before the uh, yeah. before we record. Give you the rundown. But so if if let's when taking one week at a time, we're not looking too far ahead. Uh, assuming we do beat the Sharks and we play the loser of um, Panthers and the Roosters, mm-hmm. and assuming the Roosters. Um, don't lose and the Panthers lose. Does that mean we'd be playing at, at Penrith or would that big game be taken? It would be at Penrith, wouldn't it? Oh, it's going to be in Sydney. I know, but would it be at Penrith as opposed to being at... I think if they lose, yeah, if it, whoever the loser is, it should be at their home ground. So it's either going to be at the SCG or Panther Park. Yeah. It's going to be one of the others, one of those two. And I, I, I who think, do you think is going to win that game? Because I think that well, I wouldn't take too much. I didn't watch. The, I take nothing out of the, the Roosters no. South match. That but it's funny because up. I, I didn't. I was working back to very late, and I didn't actually watch that game. And then I saw the score, and I went, "Oh, hang on, I'll just check the Roosters side because obviously they must have rested. You know, no, they did not. a whole host of people. And no, so no. I didn't see the game, so I'm not quite sure what happened. But I, there's something about the Roosters that. I don't think that they meant to lose by 60 points. I think the, the last four tries, you didn't see it because you weren't watching. I was definitely watching. It was touch football. They were not trying to stop anything. There was no concern for them in that whatsoever, apart from making it look like they were trying. But apart- They didn't want to get hurt. It's just, just the thing about the Roosters and Robinson, they're just so smart that nothing ever seems to be... Mm. I, I think, total accident I they, think they anything, want to avoid playing the storm they want to add to their list in the cabinet where if the only side ever to have lost a game by over 50 in a season until we won the premiership that, that was all I was thinking uh, anyone who takes anything out of that after seeing the way the Roosters can defend you know that's it's not their, that's not their Achilles heel I, I'm taking out the, I don't know who's going to win between Panthers and the Roosters but I know it's not going to be a blowout it's going to be close uh, I've gone the Roosters 
But I have no confidence in that because the Panthers have been the real deal all season. And they what's have. to say they won't be? They have. It's going to be an interesting game. And both times, the Penrith Panthers have won the minor premiership. They've done it twice. They've won the premiership. You know, both times. Yeah, it's true. So, you know, I'm not ruling them out. But, you know, what we saw of the Roosters, they were pretty damn good. So, you know, we, we get if we get through the, the Sharks, we get whoever's beaten up then. Hopefully we're not beaten too much. But the Sharks is a danger match. You know, we've got lots of players back. You know, we, we've, we've shoved the side back in, basically. You know, and that's that's good. I'm pleased that we have. So our, our side reads, uh, Louis, Starling, Papali, Whitehead, Bateman, Tarpanay makes up the pack. That's a very good pack. I thought so. Oh, I was starting. No. So you got Louis starting. No, you got Louis starting with Papali, which I think is, is the, whether or not that's what happens on game day. But as far as the pack goes, that's as good as anyone's got in the league. Um, right now. Then we've got Georgie Williams and Jack White in the halves. We know that's great. We've got Rafinha still in the centres with Croker. Um, we've got Valamay on one wing, Kotrick on the other. Um, we've got Nico Klockstad back with a nice rest under his belt at fullback. Then on the bench we've got Havili, Soliola, Hudson Young, who I thought was pretty good last week, and Hawira Naira. What side of the field is Dukes playing on? That is a very good question one. I'm glad you asked me. He is apparently playing in the number three jersey. So does that mean he's up against... I always thought that meant he's coming up against Rafana. Yeah, that's what I'd like to see. I'd rather see him... Or, although, Ramian's back, isn't he? Ramian is Ramian back. Ramian on Croker, that's a bit of a worry. I don't think so. I think Croker's defence has been great this year. It has been great, but I, he, I, he has been... He has had a tough time. When he's had a tough time, it's been when his opposite centre is an absolute monster well, I thought, and Raymond is an absolute monster I think maybe it was last year he had a, he had a few problems handling him well I thought against Tony Staggs this year him and Rappin when they were in that wing in that match with Fafita running rampant they were they were in all sorts of trouble but they held on they were pretty good yeah but Staggs is, is, is fast and he's elusive but he's not just that absolute out and out I'm talking the absolute just beast centres mm, the, the Bradman ones. Best was one of them yeah, he's a beast. He is. He's he a mini is. beast. He's a mini beast. He's very good. Their side, the the Sharks, uh, Woods, Braley and Hamlin and Uale in the front row. That's pretty handy. Uh, Wade Graham, who I believe to be the best second rower in the game. For versatility, captaincy, you know, can play 5-8. Can actually play 5-8. Not just, oh, we can put him there in a stitch, but can actually do it. Didn't have a great game in the six no, week, but, but it, I was—I actually thought he played better than he did. Hard to fly with the Eagles when you're uh, working with turkeys. Um, Brighton Nakora in the eleven. I've heard some questions about his defence, but I think runs the ball well. We got Rudolph's back after a week. Yeah, he's a good player. He's, he's, he's a good player. Been he's, one of their standouts this season. He's a star of the future, and hopefully not a star of this weekend. Chad Townsend's back from his rest. Woo. So he'd be up. We got what's, what's he rocking these days? Is he, he's, he's gone the mullet, hasn't he? Oh, I don't know. Because I've always found the most interesting thing about Chad Townsend has been his hair. His Lego hair. <laughs> well, for a while there, he had that sort of um, 1950s heartthrob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's gone when he went full mullet post-lockdown. Post but I don't know where he's at. I'll but be interested to see where he, he... He's had the baby, and so, you know, you know, he's maybe having his midlife crisis there. I told you last time he played that four-year-ago semi-final, he got dragged. Did it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he got dragged. He won't get dragged anymore. No, they've got no one else. They've got no one else to put on. I I rate Chad Townsend. I think he's, he's a not terrible. Really good halfback. Their think best. I mean, halfback. the best thing about their team, I think, for us this week, is no Sean Johnson, because he's been by far their best player. He, if you actually look at the stats mm. on try assists for the season, I think he yeah. has as many as anyone. Well, they got Connor Tracy being in it at five eight. Do you know who looked very ordinary? His defense isn't crash hot, but you know, his attack's pretty good. Do you know who I thought looked very ordinary for um, the Sharks was Will Kennedy. 
Yeah, at fullback. Yeah, I thought he did too. I mean, I said Adam, young Adam Cook didn't have a very good game. Well, no. Will Kennedy didn't either. And I mean, I'd be very surprised if they let uh, multiple kickoffs drop oh. without catching them. That was just dreadful, wasn't it? I mean, I enjoyed it from our perspective, but it wasn't very good. In the so they yeah, got so Dugas is up against Ruff, Townsend Ruff, and Tracy in the halves. Then um, you've got Ramian and Dugan in the centres. Then you've got Mulatalo and Katoa on the wings, and Kennedy at fullback, who I think is actually pretty handy with ball in hand, but he didn't have a strong match. Then you've got Talakai. Have you seen Talakai? He's a beast. Yeah, I'm just looking at a picture of him now. He's a beast. Um, I'm very impressed with him. He looks. He's got a bit of the sort of Fenua Blake sort he of does. build about him, hasn't he? Came out. 178 of centimeters. Yeah, that yeah. is not tall. No, no, but you wait till you see him. Hundred, on the hundred field. kilos. Yeah. He literally is a barrel. He's he's a chunk of meat. You know, he's he's low down to the ground. He's actually moves. well, he's actually the same height, and basically the same height and weight as Saliva Havili. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's they they, they cancel each other it's out. Very similar. We got Sorensen, and then you got Andrew Fafita, and then you've got Jack Williams on the bench making them up. So it's a pretty. It's actually a relatively handy side. The issue they've had is their defence this year. It's not their ability to score tries. They can score points. That, yeah. that, that hasn't been a problem for them at all, scoring no, they've points. Been conceding the problem heaps, is conceding points. Yeah. You know, when you look at the matches they've had, they conceded 38 last week, 34 the week before. They beat the Warriors 14-22, so that was actually a pretty good performance, seeing what the Warriors' form finished up Yeah, you know, I'm just looking at their points for and against for the year. Mm. Points for, 480. Mm. Points against, 480. Yeah, right. That, well, there you mm. go. And uh, They've conceded as many points as they've scored. They, and we're looking at 445 point score they but won as many conceded. games as they lost they pretty much were finished the season at par yeah and in 2020 par was good enough to get you yeah to did you ever listen to Roy and HG and they used to talk about the Kevin Hardwick factor no where that's Kevin Hardwick famously played in the 1989 grand final with, with the incredible hair the Ke, they, they deemed that Kevin Hardwick was the most average player to ever play rugby league so then they could use him as a yardstick to uh, to assess other teams by. So that's the Kevin Hardwick fact. So Laurie Daly might have been worth three Kevin Hardwicks, Ricky Stewart two and a half, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And so that's how you assess a team. So it's kind of like the Sharks are like the Kevin Hardwick fact. They're this the most average mm. team in the competition. Yeah, four eighty and four eighty. That's <laughs> that's 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 interesting. Um, and you know they finished they finished literally two points above the Gold Coast Titans, but their four and against would have got them home even if they had finished equal on points. Uh, yeah, interesting. If the if the comp had gone a couple more rounds, they wouldn't have made the eight. No, because the Titans I think were the definitely Titans coming. Would have run them down, um, depending on who they were playing. But the Titans and once the Warriors lost uh, RTS, they were gone. But yeah, um, really, no one underneath that had anything. There was there was no, you know Manly were they the biggest disappointment of the season? Yeah, I think they it's were a side say. that everyone expected to you know, challenge. This I think year. it was two years ago on this podcast when um, some people were calling. Uh, Ricky's long-term future as coach of the side were calling into question, whereas mm. other people were promising premierships. You've got to get it either... No support. Before, before Paul Stradamus come through, you've, the premiership has to be delivered... This year. This year. Yeah, it does. It almost came a year early. Almost But did. by 2020, you promised no Raiders fan would be without a premiership. I did. But actually, at the time, when, when I was calling into question Ricky's long-term future mm. um, as coach of the team, and you said, who would you suggest as a potential replacement? Mm. Implying that there was no one. Yeah. Do you know what name I tossed up at you? Tell me. Justin Holbrook. Really? And you said who? Yeah, You'd I never did. heard of him. I hadn't. But You'd I have never now. heard of him. But I said sure he was the next now. big thing in coaching. And well, Blake Stradamus was right. Oh, you're such a legend. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows. If they didn't know, they know now. Um, 
So the Sharks have got Brayley, Townsend, Raymond, Dugan, Katoa, Talakai and Rudolph back into their side. So they're a bit changed from last week. They haven't beaten a top eight side in 2020. Um, we've got lots of players back. We've got Grant Atkins as ref, but we've lost the last two with him. But generally, we have a good record with him. Um, but we've only beaten the Sharks four times in a row, twice in our history. So this would be an interesting thing. But your stat that we've played them four times in the first week of the finals... Lost, one, lost, means we're due for a win, so <laughs> exactly. that's the case. Exactly. Now let's get to the other favourite segment everyone's got, the extended bench, who's on the extended bench. So, Sammy Williams makes his appearance, fresh from his debut captaincy of the Raiders. we got Kyle O'Donnell, who did really, really well, um, I thought, scored a try. Got Michael Oldfield back, that's great, and Tomoko is making up the bench, that's a pretty good bench. Then yeah. they've got Teague Wilton, Tricky Trindle's uh, kid, uh, then Hiroti, who kicked much better than Sammy did last week. And uh, old man Goodwin sitting there. Who the came, ironically enough, last week actually did come off the extended bench mm, did. into their team and looked like someone who, yeah. Serviceable. Maybe, well, it's, the game has passed him by. It has. I thought Vasquez, Daniel Vasquez, was uh, worth... Scintillating. He was worth the price of admission. I was excited by the future, knowing that he was in it. So, one bit disappointing is there, but I'm going to give the extended bench to the Raiders on the no basis doubt. of Sammy Williams, Oldfield and O'Donnell uh, outweighs what they got there. Now we get to... Who's got a lift? Ooh. Who's got a lift, Blake? From my point of view, uh, it's Corey Hawira Naira. And look, if... Ryan Sutton hadn't got injured last game, I would have, wouldn't even have him in our best 17. Yeah. So, I mean, we've signed him for next year. We end up getting him early. He didn't have a full pre Well, he had basically had no preseason. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm starting to have my doubts about him. I, I, you can't really make a, a, a definite call on him until, like I said, he's had a full preseason. But mm. he doesn't look like he can really be the man that's going to replace John Bateman I definitely have um, young Hudson Young mm. taking that spot like laterally it. a lot better uh, I yep, think the, the, the future for Corey Hawirinara will be probably playing through the middle off the bench yep I agree but yeah he's he's got a lift I, I'd like to see a lot more for him in this game yeah well mine is the same as last week it's Jack Whiten now here's the thing Jack you are playing good football you are deservedly the co-Meninga medalist of the year I don't argue with that at all I see all your talent I have been a fan of Jack White and since I first saw him back in 2012 oh we all were um, but I told you about that game he played, he played that one game round one for the under 20s yeah. that year and I uh, made a point of watching it and um, he absolutely murdered people he did it was really scary I, I every, every tackle was he just killed people and then he got sent up to I think round two then he played Gold Coast against Gold Coast yeah, yeah, never, back, five, never played the under 20s again he did. Oh yeah, they that, did. Yeah, we under ten. This that, is yeah. my thing. Before the under, before the 2012 home final against the Sharks, he played in the under 20 side, and he was pulled. You know, he came on in the second half, and they were having all sorts of trouble. I've forgotten the name. Licky of Licky, and Licky Licky was going at him, and Licky Licky was monstering them, who subsequently disappeared. And he tried the same. He went to Jack. the Knights. He went to yeah. Was Licky Licky. He was a Jack. Beast. Went. Who are you? And the game changed when he came on. The game changed and the Raiders won easily from that point. And he then, and I said, I knew he was going to play for the Raiders next week against the Rabbitohs. Unfortunately, we lost, but he did play. And and I've been called out oh, because know, in that 2015, was... 2016, when I said he should be in the in the Origin He squad. came into the team hmm. because that was the game that Toots um, did his Achilles or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so he couldn't kick. Yeah, that's right. Oh, he couldn't play. He couldn't play. He yeah. couldn't play. So then, for the in the second half of that game when we scored all the tries, uh, Josh Dugan and Blake Ferguson both were having a go at kicking goals, and neither of them could nail anything. Yeah, that's true. Yes, but um, I've been a fan of his. I on online put in writing that he should be in the Origin squad well before he was, and was ridiculed for it. And and I've been proven right because he was made for Origin. You know, he was. He, he was absolutely made for he Origin. Was. He's a piece of iron and he's an absolute competitor. The issue we have, Jack, is you've gone to the point of being a very impressive player. You're a very impressive player. There's no question about that. But for the Canberra Raiders to win in 2020, you have to not just be a good player and one of the boys... You have to want the ball. You have to demand the ball, and you've got to do it. A la what Jared Hayne did in the pa- the Parramatta Eels run in 2009. You have to do the same thing. You have to say, it's going to happen because I'm going to damn well make it happen. And you can make it happen, but you've got to actually realise it's on you. Because Josh Hodgson ain't there, and the way we're going to win is because we now have to score those points. But it, it, We it, know we can look, defend. We it, have to score those points. And Jack Whiten, you've got to lift because it's on you. Well, it applies to any team that's going in the Premiership. Because if... The Storm are going to win. Well, Munster's going to have to be that man. Yeah, but Munster has lifted to that. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Well, I'm saying, and this is what you need. And and for the Roosters, well, it's Tedesco and Kiri. Mm. And but they have lifted to that yeah. point. They do score the and points. And for Panthers, it's Cleary. It's clear they. And, but they do. You know, yeah. they do. Jack White now has to be that guy that rises. Oh, sure. Like you remember when Fred Fittler, Freddie Fittler did it too. He was he was the Jack White and Jack White and Jack White. And then all of a sudden, I think it was about ninety eight, ninety nine. All of a sudden, well, he, he went to the Roosters. Imperious. When he went to the Roosters, he was the main man. I think whereas it was before, when he went, but he wasn't. He whereas was, before, when he was at the Panthers, there was Alexander. There were other players who so he was. He was a great player, but he wasn't the. He wasn't the marquee man. He wasn't quite. He he'd been brought there in '96 to True. do that sort of thing. True, but he all of a sudden clicked in about '98, '99, and yeah. actually became that player. He became that player. Probably Joey when he was at a point where it switched. Yeah, well, John's probably earlier, but for Fitler, yeah, he probably was about the age that. Jack Whiten is now. Yeah, and Jack Whiten, if if we're going to win, and you know pressure, Jack, except all pressure, it is completely and utterly on you. You know, everyone else doing their job is going to get us so far. For us to beat the real contenders, the Penrith, the South Sydney, the Roosters, the real contenders in this, Jack Whiten has to, has to win us those matches. He has to win us because they're not going to win by other sides falling over. They have to be won, and he's the one who has to win it. Fair enough. Okay, before we go this week, we should mention uh, the exciting news of the Canberra Milk sponsorship. Oh, yeah. Go the milk, up the milk. Yeah, up the milk. And look, they've reduced, produced a couple of um, jersey mock-ups. Yes, yeah, uh, Two out of three, eh, not so great. Don't know about the splodge. No, the but green the classic, awesome. the classic green retro uh, milk jersey is genius. And imagine how many of those jerseys you're going to sell. I'm going to sell a few. Because yeah, they're no, going to sell good. one it's... to this guy. There'll be one in triple XL coming to the pork. Okay, quad XL. <laughs> <laughs> Surely they make them pretty big, man. They make them pretty big. I reckon double XL you get away with. Have you seen the sizes on those jerseys? Uh, I don't want form fitting, Blake. I saw I was coming out of the um, the Dixon Post Office yesterday, and I saw a, a very large man in an even more enormous Trump twenty twenty t shirt. No, I was just confused. I, I didn't know whether to like yell at him. I don't know, feel sorry for him. Well, one of the things that came to me, and I know we're breaking a football a little bit here, why did they bother having a debate with that man? 
it's been clear for a long time there is no point in that, or his supporters actually discuss. People it. say that at was... this stage, if you haven't made up your mind, no, exactly. And if you like Trump, watching that debate, you still thought he was great. Um, if you are anyone that was sort of vaguely rational or sane, all you can possibly you... do is is lower your opinion and, of, and... Uh, of Joe Biden. Well, I thought Joe Biden did all right because I was the, the whole time I was worried there was going to have an Uncle Joe, you know, mm. Uncle Arthur type of moment. But you know, he, he held it together pretty well. And uh, people criticised Joe Biden, but what what else could he do? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's not football. Ask Land of the Week. Ask Land of the Week. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah, definitely there. Uh, Blake so, Stradamus? Mm, not, so, not really anything this week, but one more thing I will want to say mm. is um, it kind of occurred to me yesterday the day before, and I, I kind of felt a little bit sad, a little bit emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's John Bateman's birthday today or yesterday or something right. this week and also it occurred to me this could be potentially his last ever game in green oh that's a horrible thought and I just kind of went oh, I shuddered I shuddered there's something about him isn't there yeah so he's, he's mad as a cut snake but he's our man as a cut snake you know and it's like and you know that's he makes he's too. one of those guys you know when, when you're in the crowd and he looks over to where you are you just, just you have a little bit of a giddy schoolgirl moment because right, where you stand on the sideline where they're preparing for kickoffs to come back when they're, you know, defending the northern end, he comes and stands right over next to me. And the number of times I've said something, and he, like I said, after we scored a try, I think it was against the Bronx when we were getting back, and he was coming back and having a laugh with, I've forgotten who the second rower he was coming back with, might have been Joe Tarpano, Noah Hudson Young. And I was saying, you know, like off mic, you know, calm it down, let's not get cocky. And he was like, eh. shook his head like, yeah, whatever. And then they yeah, instantaneously... You're not my real dad. <laughs> they, yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're not my real dad. And then he instantly, they instantly went and scored a try and he came back and he went, huh? <laughs> And I went, yeah, righto, whatever. And, and it's that sort of guy. He's that sort of guy. He is of us, you know. He's of the people. Yeah, he gives so much. There, he, which which you probably and if you don't if you're not lucky enough to attend games and mm. yeah, for a while there, um they weren't really enforcing they did it last the Warriors game, but when the limited capacity games, it, we soon realised that you could sit basically sit wherever you wanted mm. because there was no one was checking. Just as long as you weren't sitting too close to other people, you could sit anywhere you want. Oh, you can't so, sit in the tunnel, but yeah. No, and, and so me and my son were um positioning ourselves uh basically where he went for the kickoffs because yeah. yeah he'd always give something to to the crowd you he know does. after the games and it was and my son loved it look i loved it too and, and that's the thing it's like you know i've talked to josh reynolds before and the thing i've always loved about josh reynolds is when you suddenly realize he's basically a fan who knows how lucky he is to have played the game yeah and and he exudes that so whenever he sees a fan he knows he is of them and yeah. they are of him and he recognizes that he doesn't disrespect it he doesn't have this tag on himself that i'm a stinking superstar even when he was yeah he didn't. He still just came out to the people like, I'm really glad you're here and thank you for the support. And he expressed this like that. John Bateman does the same. Yeah. And I really like that about him. There's this absolute honesty of the people with him. And if he can bring out that great X factor that he's got this weekend, yeah. and hopefully if we win next weekend, we're still a red hot chance. This side can defend. This side has got so much in it. And don't forget, people, we've still got Papa. You know, we've still got Jack. Georgie Williams is there. We've got Joey Tarpano. We've got Elliot Whitehead. We've got Jordan Rapinoe. We've got Nick Cotter. We've got CNK. There's stuff in this side. Now that, like, talking about missing um, John Bateman and, you know, the fact this could be his last game, but hopefully not. Uh, hopefully we send him out with the Premiership. Watching Nick Cotrick against um, the Sharks last week, I was like, oh, gee, we're going to miss him. We are. He had a great game. He really did. He's he brought so player. much. He did. He's just, it's hard to tackle him. 
You know, talking about HG and Roy, they used to call Michael Hancock three knees. <laughs> very, very similar. He's just such a difficult character to deal with. You know, I'm he's gonna... not. A, he's not as angry as as Michael Hancock. Michael uh, Hancock was the angriest swinger ever. Yeah. Nick Kotrick, I don't think has an angry bone in his body. He no, just, he just, he just goes hard. It. But yeah. he's just a great guy. Rapiner in his latter years is channeling a bit of Michael Hancock. He is. He is. He slowed down a bit, but geez, he's still. A, he's angry. He's still. He's a what? Jordan. What he's lacked, what he's lost in pace, he's made up for in in mongrel. He has, he has, yeah, he has indeed. Anyway, you have been listening to the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake, and hopefully we'll speak to you again next week for episode fifty. Yeah. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.